When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues podcast. I'm joined today by Melinda. Welcome back. How are you? Welcome back. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> no, you've been running, haven't you? You've been like Forrest Gump. I've seen you in the newspaper and everything. I just oh felt like God. running. That was you, isn't it? I just felt like running. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm, tra- I'm training for like a half marathon, so it's like yeah. killing me softly inside. Um, and then all I do is work as well. So I have not been on for a few pods. Um, I'm sure I've been so missed. So dearly missed, but don't worry, I have returned. So, how you doing, Paul? You okay? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. despite despite crashing things, but yeah, let, let's let's not go into it. No personal <laughs> stuff today. Um, yeah, um, also joined today again by Riyadh. How's it going, mate? You okay? Not bad, mate. Not bad yourself. Yeah, sounds. You know, believe you've heard, well. I believe I've listened to it. I listened to it last night. You started your own little podcast, yeah. haven't you? Called Blue Diary. If you just run it here. You can plug that right to the beginning if you want. Mate, just plug in and tell people where they can find it and that. Long story short, we're getting people in and around Everton, staff members, ex-players, to just tell a story. We don't like speaking about the game. I speak about the game and enough. So just, you know, players telling the story. It's on YouTube and all, all the normal podcast platforms. Yeah, sounds. Check it out. I watched the one with... Uh... Paul Tate yesterday, uh, you got him to open up really well. It was a cracking little story it's all there. Like, so, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, keep it up. Looking forward to seeing what you come Thank up you with next. Much. But listen, that's the positivity out the way. These are my favourite podcasts, these ones. These are the ones where I can just leather everything and nobody can have a go at me for it either. Oh, God, here we go. Obviously, we're, we're coming <laughs> to you two days after Everton won, Crystal Palace won. Yeah, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one. What was that performance? On Monday night, what, what? you know what made it was it was one of the only times I've been watching Everton, and um, I wanted to, to, to turn the channel over to Love Island. It was <laughs> it was tough, mate. Honestly, it was tough. I was I was falling asleep. It was. I don't think we've played at times the worst football in the league. At times we've we've shown you know bits of quality. We've had good results this season, a few. But that on Monday, I've never seen anything like it. There was just you had McNeil running at at wing backs and full backs, getting to you know the the third half of the pitch and turning round. It was just you know it makes you miss players who could actually run with the ball. But it overall it was just lackluster. It just there was no there was no spite. And I think Paul, you said. The first, there's a lot of people having a go with the fans over the atmosphere and stuff, but I can sympathise with the people in that stadium. You said the first five, ten minutes sets the atmosphere, and I completely agree. As soon as you go in, you know what type of game it's going to be. Yeah. And that first five or ten minutes, that the, the, the performance sets the tone for the whole stadium. You know, there was no there was no real putting Palace on the back foot when they've had the manager sacked earlier on in the day. You know, the team, the, the club is up in the air at the minute. You know, the, the managers in the stands, they're in a bit of a transition period. Everything's all over the place. You'd think Everton would, at home, come into this 
and take control of the game. But we never really, never really grabbed hold of them, grabbed hold of it. If I'm honest. Yeah, Melinda. I know after when I came out of the game, you yourself is one of the first tweets I look for. There's a few people whose tweets I look for just to see how you were feeling during the game. And I looked at your tweets and. It was basically like a monologue of what I was thinking sitting in the ground. It was just awful, wasn't it? Just give us your overall impression of the game on, on uh, Monday. It was awful, wasn't it? It was terrible. It, and everyone knows I am like Miss Positive and I do really try and look for the positives and things to highlight. But this is a tough one. This is a tough one for me. Um, honestly, I don't think we could have picked a any better circumstances really or a better team to sort of go for and get three points. I think that was an opportunity and we did not really seize the opportunity to get what we so desperately needed. Um, I do think as well, I mean, I have seen a few um, opinions, this sort of being on Deitch a little bit as well. I don't think we were set up really necessarily the best way. I do think there were players on the bench that should have started. I think that would have been a much different game if that was the case. Um it was bad. And honestly, I was bored. And that's another word as well. I can, that kind of comes to mind as I was like, really, Are we, am I watching this type of football again? Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, cause as Ria had so rightly said as well earlier, we've had some, some games that have been amazing. And I'm like, Oh my God, like we're back. Like the football is actually exciting to watch. And, you know, we're, we're being quite tactical on the ball and, you know, we are thinking before we make passes and you can actually see it in those players, but that was just, I don't even know what to describe what that was on Monday night. It was um it was bad. And it's scary. It's it's just sort of instilling that feeling again that we felt now for years. Like, are we gonna be fighting for points again? At, I at, right at the very end. And and we all have just said how many times we do not want to be in this position over again. It's very, very frustrating. Yeah, I think we're definitely here again, aren't we? I think yeah. I think we all need to come to terms with the fact that we are in a third relegation battle. Unless yeah. something miraculous happens, we'll come on to that later because nobody knows what's going on. Not even the Premier League can tell us what's going on. I don't think even they know. So probably haven't made up their minds. It's just ridiculous. But I'll just stick with you for a minute. Um, I know you're a massive fan of Jack Harrison. Um, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. More reasons than one, let's just say that. But uh <laughs> me and and myself, I'm like a massive fan of Onan. I don't know you are as well. We praised him a lot yeah, on I this am. podcast. So what was your uh, what were you thinking when you seen Ashley Young starting and Jack Harrison sitting on the bench? And obviously Decore's just come back from injury. I was expecting Everton to maybe bring Decore on with half an hour, twenty minutes to go, but He's thrown him in straight away and left Anana sitting on the bench. What what did you think when you seen the team news? I just thought it played into Palace's hands, me, Pitt, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. When uh, when I was looking at that bench, right, I kind of thought, why? Like, what was the, really, what is the decision in, in starting Ashley Young over someone like Harrison? Because for me, that would have been who I would have picked. I, I don't really know what his thinking was. Um, I mean, starting to Corey, okay, fair enough. Like, you know, but... I just, I do honestly think if he had, even if he did want to start to Corey, I just think he should have started Harrison. I just do not think Young, unfortunately, offered enough in that first half where we should have seized the opportunity to sort of, like you said, in the first five, 10 minutes, that's where things happen. You kind of have to get them at the throat and you have to take control of that game. And it just wasn't there. I mean, Ashley Young made a very great save, and which did stop a goal going in. I know, and I did give him credit for that, but that was kind of the only... Yeah, I've seen someone having a go at you for that happened. as well. 
they did. I was like, hey, credit where yeah. credit is due. Okay. I know the rest of the match was pretty shit. Um, yeah. but that was a you know any fallback to them and I was like yeah well do they no so I mean it's nice to actually see them sometimes doing their jobs but um no I just I I just don't think we were strong enough like I just do not think I do not think we went about it tactically the way we should have um it could have been a much different game and I think we have really missed opportunity there I do think it's two points that we've lost yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the team selection is sort of, for me, is, is is a containing team. It's not a team that's set up to go out and absolutely... I said it in a tweet that you both alluded to, go out and absolutely batter them. I think it's not unfair for us to ask Everton to be playing against the most out-of-form team in the Premier League, coming to Goodison Park, that we should be putting it on them. And then you see the team news and Ashley Young's... St- Ashley Young's second touch is a foul. That mm. That's what he does. He just fouls people. I mean, what what has Jack Harrison done wrong there for him to to not be in the starting eleven? I mean, I, Jack Harrison for me is a bit hit and miss. I, I will say that, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be starting Ashley Young over him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from Dyke's point of view, it's just more of like don't get me wrong. I think against Spurs, Ashley Young played in that that same position, and I don't think he did awfully. But f- for that game, I thought that was the right team selection. But mm. like you said, this is, you know, this is Crystal Palace. This is like a completely different opposition. Um, and that's one thing I think Deitch has struggled to, to adjust to. I think he's went a, a bit too conservative for it. But back to the Harrison and, and Ashley Young point. I mean, I think Derry's just opted for experience, to be honest. Um, which is, you know, obviously Ashley Young's 38. And, but after... You know that Spurs performance. I didn't. I didn't even get to watch the the Man City away game. So did, did Young start in that position against? Yeah, City? he did. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, I mean, it's probably just consistency for the team. It's probably just, you know, teammates being getting used to to one solidified team. But I'm not sure what what Harrison's done wrong to to not get in the team. I don't know whether it's a training thing or whatever. Um, but sometimes, you know, stubbornness can be good and sometimes it can be bad. And yeah. I think Deitch is very persistent in who he, who's training the hardest and who deserves to start. So to me, it just, Deitch's team selections always come down and he's always said it comes down to whoever's worked the hardest in training. Um, so that's obviously going to play a part, but you know you've got you have got Harrison there who's in my opinion he's well undoubtedly on the wing has got more talent than Ashley Young and I thought he did show more talent when he came on you know the very few minutes he had he put a great ball in unfortunately no one was on the end of it but in that position you've got to be starting a winger over a 38 year old right back and it's one of them where he's just going to look back and go yeah I got it wrong Um, there's not much there's not much I can do I can't keep looking back I got the team selection wrong, which I've persisted for for three weeks. Um, but on that right hand side, I do think I do think Ben Godfrey too. He he was driving forward with the ball. He didn't often look up to to pass the ball, but you know, seeing seeing him run at their, their you know their defense was 
a bit of a pressure for a bit of a breath of fresh air to be honest to see someone actually run yeah he was driving at them wasn't he yeah it, it was it was like the old Ben Godfrey to be honest the, the very first Ben Godfrey we've seen and I was I was happy to see that I'm happy to see you know a full back run at the team like that but yeah back to your point for me Harrison starts there every day but it's it's Sean Dyke being stubborn and I don't mean that in a in an offensive way or in a Rafa Benitez way like he was with Salomon Rondon. I mean that as <laughs> if Dyche trusts this team, you know, if he trusts his persistent starters, then you do you. But it didn't pay off against Palace, so that's my thought processes on it. Yeah, I think it's a trust thing as well, and it with Ashley Young. I think Ashley Young's his mouth his mouthpiece on the pitch. Yeah. He, he'll he is Sean Dyche on the pitch. Basically he'll get his message across, yeah. I think it is. So uh yeah, but well, while we're on the subject, Melinda, of Sean Dyche, I mean, I just thought the tactics on Monday were just a disgrace. I've got no other way of describing them. Just an absolute disgrace. I mean, the night the, the night before, I forked out 1,200 quid for mine and my dad's new season tickets for next season, and I'm getting served up. He's just launching it in the air like that. I mean, Pickford gets it, just blasts it up the pitch. Tarkovsky gets it, just blasts it up the pitch. I mean... Where's the patterns of play? Where's the where, where's the tactics to try and break these teams down? I mean, we he surely he's got to come up with something better than just get it forward, lads. I, I thought it was embarrassing, me personally. Yeah, I mean, like the long ball clearly is just not working, is it at all? Um, I honestly, I said this before, I think on prior pods, and I, I just feel like sometimes we're just hoofing the ball up and just kind of like throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks, and and it's like we really can't keep doing this much longer because you said at the beginning of the pod, we're going to be in yet another relegation battle. And um, it, it's just, I, I feel like sometimes, you know, we, we, you know, if you're in the, in the game or you're watching from home or, you know, wherever you're watching it and we're sitting there at the screen going, okay, we're, we're matching saying this is not working. Like, you know, make us up, make a change. And we know he's not going to like, I'm sitting there at halftime and I'm like, if he doesn't make any subs or makes no changes at, at, coming on the second half, I don't be fuming, but I know deep down it's not going to. Um, but we just saw it perfectly when he finally did make those changes. You no, know, Anana came on and Harrison, and then um, eventually Beto came on as well. We 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 scored, and I do hope that sets a bit of a light bulb off in his head to go. You know, like Ed Riyad had said it before. I, you know, I take a step back, hold my hands up. I, this one's on me. I got this wrong. Um, but we all know he is quite a stubborn man, and yeah, like sometimes that's a negative. Sometimes it's a positive. Um, but I am afraid that we are running out of time for him to sort of mess around and play around with, with, with things like tactics, because I just, I just don't think we have any more, we, we don't have any more time to experiment and we just need to be, you know, whatever you need to do to, to start getting some wins, you have to, because Goodison Park is, especially at home, you know, our home form at one point was shocking and it did start to improve. Um, but now again, we've dipped back into this thing where people are booing at home matches you know and I'm sure we'll we'll get to that but um you know and and Paul you were there so you know you can you know speak on that probably a little bit further and you know we James Garner has come out and made the statement that he has I'm sure a lot of Evertonians listening are aware of what's been said this week but like you just said you spent a lot of money on those season tickets and for us to go and you know put trust in this manager and to back this manager all the time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Time for him to do things like this when we clearly know. We're all sitting here and we are not the manager of Everton Football Club. You should be knowing that it's your job to know. And yeah. um, that's, I think, one of the frustrating things that a lot of Evertonians are t- trying to deal with. We want to keep backing him. We want to have faith in him. But it's very difficult when we're seeing things like that happening over and over again. Yeah, my voice notes are not pleasant coming out of Goodison Park. Like, they're just not. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm not going to listen to that right now. Maybe <laughs> li- maybe yeah. later with a cup of tea, thank you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> or a pint. Mel- <laughs> or you can see or Mel- 12. You can see Melinda's <laughs> listening to my voice notes at lunchtime the next day. It's yeah, boring work. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just... The ad, it just there just doesn't seem to be any sort of game plan to break these stubborn teams down. Um, I don't see like I said before any patterns of play. It's just you know we have fullbacks who, I think Michalenko's been fantastic, but he's not an attacking fullback. You got Dwight McNeil as of him who looks like he's running with a piano on his back half the time. Um, you got Ashley Young. We all know he's thirty eight. You got Ben Godfrey who's not a right back. He's playing at right back. We've got a midfielder that's com- getting completely bypassed and a lone striker. I mean, it's got to be better at home, hasn't it? He's got to come up with a plan to try and get us some goals at home. We've got to beat Crystal Palace. There's no excuse for not winning. Yeah, I mean, so like you said there, with all these players playing out of position, one thing I've spoke about a lot in the past few weeks, in the past few games, is Sean Deitch's, you know, not incapability because I know how difficult it is, how difficult the job is, but adjusting to games and adjusting to the team you've got. Now every manager's gotta do it because your team's not gonna be your starting eleven's not gonna be the same for thirty eight games straight. And you know that when you come into the job, you know how hard it's gonna be. But it's definitely showing now this sort of like not being able to adjust thing. Like You've got Ben Godfrey playing at right back, I get that. But you've also got, you know, two or three other right backs there. So if Ben Godfrey doesn't doesn't fit that role, start an actual right back. Um and then obviously the the Ducore injury weren't you know weren't the best timing for us, but in terms of the goals, we've got three strikers there, two of which you have proven they can score goals in the respective leagues. Beto in the City at and Calvert-Lewin can score goals. Schmitty, not so much. But you've got two strikers there who, who have shown they can score goals before. So, if there's no goals coming from, you, from your team, and, and Ducore as well, who is, you know, a man who can score goals and is scoring the most for Everton. And uh, on paper, a solid team. You've got, you know, McNeil, Harrison, stuff like that. There should be goals there. There should be a lot of goals there. But something's not clicking, and we can blame the players as much as we want, and I do. You know, I, I'll take it out on the players. But at some point, and I think as soon as you start to criticise the manager, people start to think you automatically want them sacked. And that's not yeah. the case. Because, you know, I criticise Carver-Lewin every couple of weeks. And it doesn't mean I want him to, to get sold or whatever. But it's just... You're saying what you see, mate. Yeah, Deitch's, Deitch's got to take responsibility, which I'm sure he will. And, and a lot of Everton fans aren't really grasping this, but Deitch will be more than happy to take responsibility for this. But he does deserve criticism when it's due. Um, and he said the other day in an interview, Deitch, uh, that Christopher Ward, the watch company, um, you know, there's fans who I, I've been working this job for 
in this industry for 38 years or something. How do you know more than me about my job? But it to us, it all looks so simple, and I get that. But it's literally just a matter of your team aren't scoring enough goals, and you've got players who can score goals. So whose fault's that? Yeah, I think we've all watched enough football to to have an opinion. To be honest with you, exactly, yeah. I mean, I don't buy into this. You need to have played the game to know what you're talking about. I think that's horseshit, me personally. I think I've watched enough football. I think Melinda has. I think you have yourself really had to know what you're watching and what's not working and what is working. But that's just something that's just popped in my head there. I know I'm 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 always got I'm always moaning on this pod. Believe it or not, I actually do moan on this pod about how bad Everton are with the ball and passing to each other. Simple passes, Melinda. So as Dyke finally had enough and just thought, you know what, we're not gonna pass it. We're just gonna fucking launch the thing to Calvert Lewin as soon as we get it. <laughs> yeah. Let's basically just keep hoofing the ball in and we'll just hope for the best. And maybe one day the, the ball will just end up in the back of the net. Like that's yeah. basically what it feels like right now. It's just hoof it down the pitch and um maybe it'll bounce corner. off. Maybe we'll bounce off of someone's head or something or someone's shin and just end up in the net. But yeah, I mean the set pieces, I think. I mean, I never thought I would say this, but I'm watching games on, I'm like, set piece set piece set piece like please give us yeah, one. Yeah. before i would i would be like oh god here we go like this is gonna be a disaster but now i'm like actually you know and even when you know the opposing team is getting corners sort of you know against us i'm actually not as panicked as i used to be because defensively you know we are quite solid but um yeah i think yeah, that we we cannot keep relying on that to happen though we we you know riyad so rightly said we do have you know, proven strikers in this team. It's just the service that we're giving to these strikers. Like we, we've always said, you know, Calvert-Lewin under Ancelotti, he was a six yard box striker. Like that's just the way he, he worked and he was told to stay there and balls will come and you just do what you need to do and get the ball back the net. He's had to adapt. He's been off for a long period of time and that's, you know, common knowledge. We all know that he's come back into a team that has been through the trenches the last few years. It's been a very difficult time. Um, We've had a lot of changes in this squad as well. So, and I get it. Deitch has a very difficult task on his hand. Um, I, I, I don't doubt the man, but, but I also just, you know, with people who can be a little bit stubborn um, are not sometimes open to change or criticism or what it may be to, in order to, get results essentially because we we as the viewers can all I know and the supporters can look at that what happened on Monday and go that was completely wrong and you had other options and you should have set us up you know x y and z and it would have been a much different match um but I just don't know necessarily if he's kind of manager that's open to you know change you know we've seen him stick with you know, I'm not throwing Michael Keane under the bus, but we've seen him stick with a player like Michael Keane for much longer than he should have. And I do think Michael Keane should be up front because <laughs> I do think he is actually a striker, but we all know my opinion on that. Um, but no, we have seen him make some very questionable decisions before in the past. And I'm just like, please don't get into this habit of of sticking to certain things just because they have a good work ethic in training or just because you think they're going to be your mouthpiece on the pitch when we're playing a match like there needs to be more into it than than just that from a manager in my opinion yeah well yeah I agree with you but I'm going to stick with you I think it's only fair that I stick with you because you are the co-president of the Dominic Calvert-Lewin fan club I'm actually the president but Paul's had a bad day so I will let him have the co-chair the co with me okay. today thank no, you I- <laughs> thanks very much 
The things I do for you, Paul. The things I do for you. Yes, I know, yes, you know, go above and beyond for me sometimes. But uh, Calvert-Lewin, I actually thought people will be screaming at this. I thought he was Everton's best player the other night. You know what, Paul? Um, for the whole shocking. game, I mean. I agree with you. Shocker, I know. Yeah. Um, but the amount of abuse that I see that Dominic Calvert-Lewin gets on Twitter is actually... I'm like, it's are we funny, watching... The... It? No, it's, it's not. Funny. I'm like, are we watching the same player? Like, I understand, yes, there have been a few times where I'm like, how have you not put that in the back of the net? And I and I know I do say, mate, like, you got to do better with that. Holland as well had a massive stinker when he was playing Chelsea. So, you know, like it happens with strikers. It does like, you know, with amazing yeah. strikers, they do have those odd times. But um, I just think the service was unbelievably poor for him on Monday. So I don't think that's all to to his fault, to be honest with you. I, 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 yeah. do think, I think he was. He's he's someone that I will always look for on that team sheet still, regardless, because for me, he's such a dominating presence on the pitch. Like for me, he has a very he's like a focal point for me. Like he's very um because kind of has that he knits it together, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He has that kind of energy about him where he just completes the 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 starting eleven for me. So if he's not yeah. there, a bit like, ooh, you know. And at one point in time I was kind of humming and hawing, you know, would I want Beto to start? Would I want Calvert Lewin to start? And I just I still think my my first choice would be Calvert Lewin. Yeah, it definitely would be mine. I honestly don't think we've got anyone else. Listen, I was in- incredibly harsh on Beto a few podcasts ago, but I think I was. You being... were. Yeah, <laughs> I know like, I was. Poor Beto. Like, could you imagine Fucking listening hell. to that, crying his eyes? Like, to I told him to get. I told him to go back to KFC. Didn't I? That's be a... That was very a nice horrible. Thing. That yeah, was a horrible thing to say. Context. He did work at KFC. He did work at yeah. KFC, yeah. Yeah, yes, thank you, Riyadh, for just... Yes, just I mean, I would, I would like to see Chimity get a little bit of a remote. Let's just see what he's, what he's got in his locker. Yeah. But I just thought Calvert-Lewin, outside the box on Monday, was trying to make everything happen. He ran everything down. His hold-up play was great. He mm-hmm. was chasing his own flick-ons half the time. I mean, he's winning the ball in the air, and then he's got to go and run after himself. But what I will say, and what a lot of people are saying, is he's missing... Easy chances, and again, I think he had two headers. He's not even getting them on target. It's it, it's not good enough. Um, it's just Riyadh Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Speak to me. Um, I speak said, to me. <laughs> I said I'm one of one of Everton X's YouTube videos. I think Calvert-Lewin brings a lot more than the eyes meet. Your striker scores mm. goals, and that's his job. But he does a lot more. Um, and he's he's in. On paper, statistically, the toughest patch of his career, like the hardest, you know, part of his football career, and I genuinely still think he's doing a lot for the team, uh, as much as he can do, because, like you said, there, there's, there's not much going for him, there's not much going in for him to, you know, to to pounce on like there was under Ancelotti, and people compare that era a lot to the team now, and yeah, he scored lots of goals under Ancelotti, but like Melinda said, he was a six yard. You know, six yards later. I mean, who Cal- would have thought he, someone would score loads of goals with Hammers, Rodriguez, Gilfie Sigurdsson, yeah. Luca Dean, Richarlison? Exactly. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense, does it? Exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah. And, and it honestly if, makes me cry that you're saying those names, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, what was? What was? If you yeah. compare the, the two teams, like I was still moaning them. Yeah. What? What? Like it's it's so obvious. We had a great team then, and the team's not so good now. Can you understand why he's not scoring goals? Like, just because he's, you know, going through a tough patch doesn't mean he's a bad striker. Like he's got it in him to be a good striker. 
when there's yeah. good players around him, when there's just that little bit of service. And he only needed that little bit of service, you know, under Ancelotti to, to bad goals. And to be honest, I think I say this with a lot of players, it's just confidence. Like mm-hmm. it'll come. It'll, his first goal, his, his goal will come soon and they'll just start coming. But one thing, like I go back to that stubborn statement I made before um, about like uh, Ashley Young and stuff like that with Deitch's selection. Um, I think this is a case of being good stubborn because, you know, it was very easy for Carvalhoon to be dropped after three or four games and not scoring. But, you know, in, in, in Teich's interviews, he said, the goals are going to come. Like, just trust me, the goals are going to come. And yeah. that's just, isn't that just refreshing to see? Not like, you know, he goes three or four games and the whole the whole back, the, the changing room goes to shit. And, you know, Teich doesn't want him playing. It's now I'll stick with my own player. Trust me, Guts, and he's going to come good soon. Just watch. Um, it's nice to see. And... I, I honestly do hope, and I do think it will come soon for Calvert Lewin. In the you know, in the lead up to whenever his goal does come, I would like to see Shimiti given a goal. Would like to you know see minutes a better, but I do think on Shimiti when he came on against Spurs with Dobbin, I do think he was getting himself into good positions. I think what I said was he was. You can't you can't teach a, a striker composure. You have to learn that yourself. Um, obviously, Sadder in your reasons. Yeah, he's he's came from a, a completely different country and he's playing in the best league in the world. It was his first ten minutes and he got a two on goal and one on one with the keeper. And yeah, he, you know he, he he didn't score, but you can't learn composure. You've just got to. No one can teach you that. You've just got to learn it yourself. Um, but yeah, he got himself in good positions. I would like to see him give him more minutes, but I'm more than happy to stick with Calvert Lewin because he brings a lot to the team. And he'll come good soon, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think we've got anyone else. I have an argument with it. Oh. Well, me arguing again. I have an argument with someone at the match here who just like get him going, get him out the team, get rid of him and that. I'm like, well, we can't, can we? We're stuck with him. He's all he's the best we can probably hope for at the moment. I think most teams are, are scrambling around looking for number nine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think we just have to persevere with him. I understand that people don't want to persevere with him, but I still think it comes back to what I was saying on Twitter. If if Everton push up on these teams earlier on, squeeze them, strangle the life out of them, Dominic Calvert-Lewin will be stood in a position to score more goals. At the moment, he's mm-hmm. completely isolated. You've got all the Everton players stood on the halfway line while he's trying to chase balls down. Yeah. It's not rocket science. He is absolutely mm-hmm. isolated. But I will say, he's missing too many chances. His head looks gone yeah. Yeah. in front of goal. Yeah. It looks completely Confidence. gone. It doesn't look like he believes he's going to score anymore. Yeah. To, to to be honest with you, I because after he sort of missed these, like you know, he should be sinking these chances, and and when he hasn't, the look on his face is just he's so unbelievably frustrated with himself. And I think in a way because he, to me, I get the vibe that he is a player that does thrive off of like confidence and success. So when he's scoring goals, he's gonna score more, and he'll keep going. Um. I just get the sense that he's got so much pressure on himself to score. So I think when that moment comes, he just overthinks it. And I think he's just bottling these chances for that reason. So I, I, I do also get the sense that Deitch, as you've said as well, Ria, that, you know, he has commented that just kind of trust me, the goals will come. And I, and I think it's actually nice, I think, to know that DCL has got the backing and kind of got that push from a manager as well. And I really do hope that, 
the goals will come because we desperately need them. But maybe he needs to take the pressure off himself a little bit and just be a little bit more. I do think in front of goal, he is a very calm and composed striker, I do think. But I think he knows the situation we're in. He knows the massive predicaments that that this club is in and the supporters and you know how involved we are and, and how frustrations are just building and building on and off the pitch. Um, and it would be so easily solved if we could get some goals. But And that, unfortunately, does land on him, doesn't it, as our major as our major striker so I think he obviously to put a long story short I think he is feeling that pressure massively and I just think when it that moment comes in front of goal I just think he's shitting it the, the, you know those chances that he yeah. should be getting I think you're, you're spot on I mean the longer he goes without the goal the more press he puts on himself because it's just going on and on and on yeah. and you've got to remember he scored a perfectly good goal against Spurs and then we all thought he scored a goal against Spurs again and somehow it was taken off him. I mean, yeah. it probably has it Jack Harrison. Well, it did, didn't it? But he needed that goal. He just needed that a simple little tap in like that just to get that monkey off his back and say, "Well, I'm back now. I can relax. I've got my goal." I mean, you seen Beto, you know, totally different end of the spectrum. Once he scored against Newcastle, you could see the weight was just lifted off him. It's like, right, I've got my Premier League goal. I'm all right now. Yeah, I can say I've scored in the Premier League. I just think he needs a goal. But some of them chances like... the other day were really bad. Like <laughs> he was, was he not doing laps? <laughs> Pitch, wasn't oh, yeah. he? It's like he'd won yeah. the league. He was like, hey, he like yeah. fell on the on like the on the pitch and everything. Oh, bless him. He's so cute. Yeah, he's going over to all the kids in the family enclosure with his top off and everything made up, clenching those muscles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of muscles and confidence and everything else, a bit of a positive this. I thought Anana came on and was oh, ran the show. Just, oh I mean, God. he's another one our fans just I've just do not like. I mean. A penalty, you'll be remembered for a penalty until the end of time, until he leaves. But for me, he's our only midfield player who will put his foot on the ball and drive us forward. Um, yeah, he changed the game. What a header that was as well, Melinda. I'll come to you first. What what a header that was. I mean, sadly in the in the stadium, I didn't cheer because I thought it was a foul. Even yeah. though I know it was, I, just, I was just thinking VAR is going to have me off here, so I'm not even going to stand up. Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny because, um, well, me and my my flatmate Tiff, we we were watching. Obviously, I had I had it on at at, at home, and um, she's like, "Oh, oh my gosh, they scored!" And I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, <laughs> That's just awesome. waiting, just waiting." And then, but it wasn't roll. I was like, "Yeah, get it." Obviously, but uh, that it's it's quite sad that that's the mindset that we're in now. Is I, it's it's just crap that you don't celebrate goals anymore because. I thought it was just me who didn't celebrate, to be honest. <laughs> no, it's like you know me what? too. In the, in the stadium, in the stadium, it was weird, you know. I mean, it was weird all night. I said, I, me and Jamie went to match. I I got into the match and it just feels strange in here tonight. It feels really eerie. We'll yeah. get on to the atmosphere and that in a bit, but it just felt off from yeah. getting into the stadium to actually going home. It, but when the goal went in, I was just like, hmm. Yeah. Goal. Yeah. VAR will have us. VAR will find a way. That's what I was thinking, but... Cracking head of that, he gets up so I don't even have an amazing head of that. Oh my yeah, god, so yeah, Ever Everton like reposted the you know the next yeah. day and the footage, and I just like he was just so high. It's like, oh my god, like damn, it was it was nice, it was a beautiful goal. Yeah, well in. Yeah, what's yeah. your opinions then on Onana? I know you you know, I remember when he first signed and that you done a big profile on didn't you on it on Everton Extra. I mean I just think he's Comfortably Everton's best midfield player, if not Everton's best player, with Jared Bramfield, yeah. as yeah. as far as being a footballer is concerned. I, I'm not sure why 
Oh no, and it gets a lot of hate. Um, it it really does. Well, I do know why. Like you said, it's the penalty, and that's mm. it. Um, no one gives a fuck about that anymore. We probably went, but well, we weren't gonna beat Liverpool anyway. Whoever, if we were gonna play Liverpool after whatever, but penalty aside, no one cares about the penalty. I think that's just sort of been. He's just sort of been an easy target. He's it's like, that, isn't it? It is childish, isn't it? Really, let's be yeah, honest. Have to is. grow up, like. Yeah, he, he's being looked at as like the, the cheerleader, which yeah. when he's doing it, when he's going like that to the fans, and when we're winning, the fans are loving it. Let's be honest, the fans love it. But when it's not, when we're losing, and you know yeah. he's trying to get the fans up, he's a cheerleader and he's boring, he's shit, whatever. Um, but oh nana, people seem to forget how young he is. Like he, this is yeah. his second second season in the Premier League. He's so young. Um, oh, consistent he, games as well. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, Nana shouldn't be starting. We can be out in the Premier League at his age. He shouldn't. Um, and he is, and he's performing to you know one of the highest pedigrees. So the hate it just doesn't it doesn't add up for me because from a business sense, oh, Nana and and Jared Brantwaite are Everton's two biggest assets. Um, because he's young. And he's Onana is the perfect profile midfielder for anyone who needs a midfielder, any of the big six teams. And we should, you know, we're lucky to have someone like that. We're lucky that we've seen a good bit of recruitment in, you know, the past couple of years from Everton because he is, without a doubt, one of the best pickups we've ever done. Uh, yeah. It was a, you know, it was a. You're traveling your money on a man, you're doubling travel, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a you know, a healthy transfer fee it was a, a bit out of budget but it's a, it was a risk and i think it's it's paying off um i think he showed showed his potential i think the difference between someone like onana and james garner is you sort of know james garner's ceiling like you know how good he can get you know his potential and that's not to write him off as bad or anything because he's he's gonna be world class and he's gonna be a great midfielder and he already is. But you know his potential, like you know where he can get to. He can get to, you know, like just in the big six or whatever. But someone like Onana can be playing in a team challenging for, you know You can imagine him for Barcelona. Yeah, he, the ceiling is just limitless for Onana. Yeah. Uh, and that's the difference for me. Whether he's you know not performing or performing, all we need to do is just just get behind him really. And yeah, I've always I've always loved Onana, Paul. Um, yeah, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, we have but, as well. We've championed him, haven't we, Melinda, on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, we've always backed him. Um, I mean, of course, I know, like like you said as well, like with the penalty, like I think people need to really just start to let that go. Um, you know, and and oh, here comes the cheerleader shouts. It's like just like. Oh, give sorry up. to interrupt you. I've got a funny story there. You know, Dan, who's on the podcast, he sits next to me, and, and yeah. James Garner had a shot which led to the corner which we score from. I'm Jordan the cor- corner, oh, Nana's going like that's a glad to see. Come on, and Dan's going, but fucking stop it, you, you cheerleading, and get <laughs> and get us a goal. And they went, ball came over, and he scored a goal, and went, there you go, here, did you? <laughs> so nice shout. I've done the yeah. trick, Dan. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, I just I just think, you know, I don't really know what more this lad needs to do to prove himself, to to be honest with you. I I agree with you. I think he's comfortably up there with one of our best players at the moment. He's bleeding blue uh, for us as yeah. well, isn't he? he oh, is. uh, 
he he loves Everton. Like it's it's adorable. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I think these these players we have to protect them and and um, you know we have to just it's it, you know I know he's he has had some injuries as well and and we just have to I think to protect him to you know make sure it doesn't happen again. But yeah, I think he he needs to be. For me, he needs to be in that starting lineup. I just think he completely changes the game. Like he's he's up there, like with you know a Calvert Lewin for me. Like I just think when we've got those really strong presences on on the pitch, it, it is a different game for me. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, you know, you, know, you could obviously see Decore still trying to feel his way back to fitness. But yeah, I think if, you, yeah. if you can get Onana, Decore, and Calvert Lewin firing on all cylinders, then I think that's that's a that's a good. That, that's see it, also yeah. after in it. Absolutely, yeah. That's that is like when they're at their sort of, you know, like you said, at their max potential. You know, their their top strength. I do think that they are quite a difficult uh, sort of trio to face. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So Riyadh, just moving away from the game, but where does that leave us now? Because we haven't won a game this year in the league. We're now coming up to match. Um, I think we'd be Palace in the cup. Gomez scored the free kick. Where does that mm. leave us now? Because I thought I think we had to win that game as we speak. Luton Town are beating Liverpool at Anfield. That is not okay. That is not okay. That's just like how was that happening? I mean, Jesus. I mean, if the football gods just stay dead, don't they? But where does that leave us? That then? I mean, it's just we're in limbo, aren't we? As far as mm. I mean, a lot of people are still saying, you know, we should be twelfth on on thirty that's points. Exactly we're not. We're not though, say. are we? That's exactly what I was gonna say. We should be there. We should, but the reality is, you know, we're down there, and whether we get the points back or not, I don't care. No, I actually don't care because I think I think a lot of fans are the same. The sentence don't that okay, we're gonna have to just crack on with this ten point deduction now. Yeah. yeah, I don't care about the appeal. If we get points back, great. If we don't, I don't care. Um, we now it's. We've got to start picking up points, and I just can't see. Well, going into them, them final home fixtures, their games we should be winning, but the recent home fixtures, they just haven't. We haven't performed any to sh- suggest that we go in and turn these teams over, um, which is quite the worrying thing to me because, you know, if we would have went out to Palace and played a good bit of footy, and drew one one, I would have would have came on here and I said yeah. I think we can we can turn over teams, but we didn't. We played awful. There was nothing to suggest we played good football. Um, so for me, it's either now, you know, Dyke groups this team back up and says, okay, we need to start playing proper footy, or it's just a a proper dog fight until the end of the season, like the past two seasons have been, which I don't want it to be, because yeah. I think myself and probably you as well bored of it. Yeah, yeah, it's boring. It is boring. I mean, our group chat has gone really quiet, hasn't it, Melinda? Because I think we're just bored of Everton, aren't we? We have, we have to be honest. I mean, we love them. We we do podcasts and that's all, you know, to be two-faced to say what I'm saying here. But it's sort of like, like we can't really be bothered talking about them the last couple of weeks, can we? It's just, you know, it's it's just like beating a dead horse again and again and again. It's like, it's just, oh my God, like, have we not learned? Like, have we not learned? And I just... It is just getting to that point now where what what do you say and what can you say, you know? Um, but sort of going back to a point that Rihanna make had, had just made as well. Um, 
I, I do think moving forward, we just need to have in mind that we're not going to get any points back. I think yeah, that's I the do. way we, that's the mentality we have to have. I can't, I don't think we can hold on to this hope of, oh yeah, we'll be all right. We'll get this amount of points back. We'll get the full 10 back. I just don't think we can rely on that. I think we have to just move forward and go, we got to start winning some games, whatever we have to do. You have to start winning games and we have to start getting some points because if not, I mean, we already, I feel like we're already in trouble, but yeah, I don't think we can rely on that. Yeah. Well, um, We'll come on to the points deduction in a minute. Just uh, but last thing about Monday night is big talking point on Twitter is the atmosphere in the stadium. Yeah. I mean, the way a lot of our fans go on, you think we were booing for the entire ninety minutes. It's not the case. It's really not the case. I mean, you see people saying James Garner's got the ball and the booing him while he's on the ball. Listen, I'm there. Maybe I sat in the part of the ground where they're not doing it. Nobody's booing James Garner while he's while he's in possession of the ball. They booed the Everton players off at half time. And they boot the players off a full time. Now it's not something I would do. I don't do that, but I don't have a problem with anybody else doing it. it, it it's it's the chicken and the egg, isn't it? What comes first? Do do they need us to get them going, or do we need them yeah. to get us going? Now, in my opinion, we need them to get us going. We've said it before. We mentioned it a few times. First five ten minutes, we pin them back into their own half. The crowd get up for it. It took a goal from Crystal Palace. For Everton to wake up and realise, shit, we need to score. And then the fans were all up for it then. We started attacking. It's not right. So, Riyad, where do you stand on um, the atmosphere? What, what what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do they need I, us more than, before we need them or I, the other I way around? I completely agree with you. These football players' lives is to, you know, get an energy for this for the next game, whatever it may be. Um. And our lives are a lot different. You know, some work five, six, seven days a week for this and don't have the energy to come into I mean, a good zone. Don't and... crash forklift trucks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everton on the brain. <laughs> and, uh, and and sing for 90 minutes. Like, these, I think we mentioned it before, like these first five, ten minutes, the players need to set the tone for the fans. Really, it couldn't, it can't, it can't be the other way around. Their job is to play football. That's their sole job. Our job is to go and su- support good football and chant and cheer for good football when there's good passages of play, when you're putting teams on the back foot. If you're not doing that, what is there to cheer? You know, yeah. like people say, why Why aren't, you know... You can't just cheer you if it's shite. You can't, yeah. you can't, you're not just going to start singing Spirit of the Blues while the ball's getting launched fucking 800 it's, feet it's... in the air. Tarkowski is playing a 10-yard pass back to Pickford. You're not going to start screaming your head off, are you? It's not No, realistic. they do it in Germany. Them German ultras and all that, they do that, but that's not the culture over there. We no, don't do, not. do that. It's not. It's not. And um, it, I completely agree with you there, Paul. They need, to, they need to do something within the first five or ten minutes. They need to show something. They need to put the other team on the back foot. They need to, you know, get a good passenger play in for, the, you know, the fans... To, to get going really um, but I don't have a problem with play with the fans booing the players off at full time it's been seen loads over the past decade at Goodison when, when the team's been bad and there's no problem with it if you boo and players during the game and someone touches the ball and yet you'll start going okay this is a bit of a problem but to boo the team off after they've put in a bad performance after they've gone in to do their job which they were six seven days a week doing and they don't you know perform to the industry standard yeah boo them off because 
you, people are paying good money to go and watch it, and he's not put in the performance yeah. that's expected. So boo them off. In Spain, you have the white handkerchiefs, and that means that they're not happy with what they're watching. That's how they get their message across. They all wave a white handkerchief. I think in this country we boo, and it's always gone on. Like I've heard Evertonians in the past going every time Ross Barkley got the ball for Evan fans were booing. Listen, they weren't. They weren't. They were moaning and groaning. I watched Man City last night and Bernardo Silva. It's fucking hell. He wouldn't even have to train to get an Everton team. He just mm. just play. He he yeah. kicked the ball out of play, and the City fans are all over him. Harlem was missing chances in Chelsea. The City fans hit football. And I think Melinda were just bored, aren't we, as Evertonians now? I mean, obviously, yeah. you can spill over and they can go too far. We we know that with the abuse and all that. But where do you stand with all, like, especially with what James Garner said, you know, he didn't appreciate the booze and stuff. And it mustn't be nice for them to hear, but is there any other way we can let these players know that performances like that are unacceptable? Should we all just get white handkerchiefs and start waving them? Like, I yeah. don't really know. Like, honestly, you're right. It's just, it's a different it's a different country it's a different culture it's a different league um this is just what we do here and honestly i don't think you know i mean i'm like you paul personally i'm not going to stand there and like boo you know i wouldn't do that but if other people are doing it after watching that i i, I wouldn't be surprised it wouldn't shock me you know um we have seen everton put in some fantastic performances and lose you know perfect example would be spurs away we played fantastic and we deserve to win that game um when we see a good shift and a good performance you know that's all we ask of you we aren't asking you to win every single game we're not asking that but we're asking you to go on there and look like you're asked and that was not the case on monday night it was just a train wreck of a match it was it was boring there was no soul it was just it, like a sunday yeah. league game football it was just it was just dire it was just boring and yeah you're gonna get booed I'm sorry, like you are going to get booed. People work so hard all week and they rearrange all their schedules to to try and get to, you know, Goodison and to watch this. And that's what you're serving them. James Garner, you know, I get that being booed is not nice, but mate, like, honestly, I'm sorry, but, but what do you expect? You know, we are in a very difficult position um, on and off the pitch. And I, and I just, think they need to also be a little bit understanding of sort of how 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 we're dealing with this you think that was a perfect opportunity for us to get some points you know we we were served a bit of a perfect situation really we should have just gone at them at the throat and you didn't you didn't take the opportunity the way you should have we're gonna be frustrated we're gonna be pissed off because we needed we needed points now again we're all looking at <laughs> well result tonight Luton are out oh, ahead of us again. It's, so it's you know what I mean? Like, that one it's not getting any better. Is it 2-0? No, but it's just... Oh, God, I was going to say, don't it. even tell me that. <laughs> but it's just... It, and that's what I mean. We're sitting here again, stuck looking at other fixtures and other results and, you know, looking at goal differences and that. And it's just, I'm so bored. I'm so sick of being in this position again. So the players need to be a little bit understanding of that too. They, I, I think they need to... Think about the whole picture of it, not just yeah. them as an individual. There's yeah, more no, to you, it than just that. Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, I, I was having a bit of back and forth, and I've seen other people having back and forth about this subject on Twitter, and that, and you got fans coming in and going, "Well, if you if you can't be bothered supporting the team, just stay at home. Listen, we all pay our money. We're all entitled to do what we want. We've been very patient with this team. We've been watching shite for most of our lives. Yeah. Let's be honest. We we just have like, and it's just the list is endless for what these for the good things the fans have done for this club in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. So get off your high horses and tell them the likes of me and 
Melinda and Riyad and everybody else that we shouldn't be booing them. We, they need our support. I will not applaud and cheer and sing for shite football. I just won't do it. Yeah, I won't do exactly. it. That's get a, us off our seats. That's that's the bare minimum is we're asking you to get on that pitch and just give your all for 90 plus minutes in, in that shirt and, and wear that bad badge with pride and and that's not 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 as what is happening. I couldn't even get my words out, but that is not is what is happening here. It's just it's quite dire football. <laughs> it's bad. It is. It yeah. is really bad. Yeah. Um come on, talking of talking of really bad, let's talk about Richard Masters in the Premier League. Um Riyadh at this point, it just I know we said, you know, if we don't get any back any points back, we're not bothered now. We just want to know either way. I understand that, but there's a lot of people out there who, who are really like dependent on this now. Absolutely. I mean, people will say you should have bet more interest in your life if everything is your sole interest. But it's a part of who we are, it's in our DNA, and it's been in us since we were kids. And you know, if Everton is struggling nine times out of ten, you'll find you you're struggling. Do you get what I mean? It's sort of reflection mood, so we're all pretty miserable, but if you like the Premier League, it's torture and everything now. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. I mean, the league is false, isn't it? It's false yeah. because the likes of Luton, who can help to win them 1 0 at Anfield, can imagine how well they're playing. <laughs> it, it, that could be for nothing if Everton get their 10 points back, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, it just feels like torture at the moment. Somebody just needs to come out and tell us. I think Andy Burnham put it out yesterday you're killing the club. Yeah. And they are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, my my um, view on on the deduction and stuff is partly biased because I'm literally reading it every single day and reading news articles and stuff forever and extra. So I am at the point now where I'm just finished. Like I just can't take any more of it. And I've seen way too much of it. I've seen way too many corrupt Premier League banners and keep doing it. I'm all for it, but I'm just I'm just done. Um. Yeah, what Andy Burnham said was right. They've they've completely took it out of the fans. Um, and the reason I am like this, the reason I am not losing interest, but watching Science. games, and, uh, yeah, and and getting bored, is because of the Premier League. It all stems to that. And you know, I'll, it 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 pains me to say it that I'm you know I'm getting not getting bored of watching Everton, but. Against Palace, it felt like that, and it stems from the Premier League, and it feels like you just had your big massive balloon popped, and everyone's yeah. deflated, and no one can really be asked. To be honest, um, yeah, it's from the Premier, it's all from the Premier League. I just, I'm just like tired of, of keeping up to date with it, knowing what's the latest news and stuff like that, because I just there's been so many stories, there's been so many fake stories, there's. You know, you don't know what to what to believe. At the end of the day, there's only a few select people who know what the outcome is going to be and already know what the outcome is. Um, look deep inside me, of course. I always want the points back, and if we do get the points back, I know I'll be made up. And it, so it's it's a bit unfair for me to speak like that, really, and say I don't really care. Well, I know what you know, mean. Yeah, if we yeah. if we do get the points back, I'll be made up. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. It's just deflating, Paul. It's 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 hard to watch Everton now, and this is like probably in my lifetime, like the other season as an Everton fan. Even you know when we were on the brink of brink of relegation, um, I don't even think it was this hard to be honest. Like 
having to watch Evan. Um, yeah, it's it's just tough. I just I just can't be asked with the the Premier League is. I think it's it's all fucked from top to bottom. To be honest, yeah, it is. Mate. Yeah, it's involved yeah. in it. Um, yeah, I mean, Melinda, I mean, yeah, mate, you're spot on. But a few weeks back, me, you, and Jamie were all on the group chat. Like, when are we doing a pod? What are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? And now it's a case of who's going to break cover here? Who's going to ask if we want to do a pod? Because fucking, we've got to talk about everything again. But, yeah. you know, we obviously do, but it, 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 is, it is becoming a bit of a chore. Like, it's just, it does yeah. feel like we are being tortured by the Premier League now. It's like, the only way I can put it is they're taking the piss. They're taking the piss out of the whole fan base. This is people's lives. You know, as I said before, people say, well, that's a bit sad, isn't it? It, it, it is. It's people's lives. You know what I mean? It's, it just feel, it just feels like they're taking a piss now, doesn't it? Yeah, it just feels like, like it's funny because I always say to myself, oh, no, it can't get any worse, but it can. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It, it, it can get worse because they just, I feel like it's just, they've got this open wound in us and they just kind of keep going at, at us over and over again. It just seems to never really be, be ending. And that's why I think with the whole points thing, um, like Riyadh, again, you're spot on. Like, it's just a bit boring now. I think, you know, oh, there's talk about we're getting this many points back and then there's talk of this. And it's just like, can we all just stop until we know actually what's going to happen? It's just, it's it, to me, it's quite boring as well now. I'm kind of in the mindset where I'm hoping for the best, but I'm also expecting the worst. I think that's just how a lot of people are trying to to manage it. Um, but yeah, I did see um, Andy Burnham's tweet last night and I just feel like it is just, it's just killing us. Like it's just destroying the, like what little we sort of have left to hold on to. And it's just, it's just one thing after another. And it's- We're in limbo, Ami. It's yeah. just limbo in a big and time. It's just more like what more can can we take? And we are a very resilient fan base. Um, I feel like we have really had to drag ourselves out of a lot of situations um more recently the past few years, obviously. Um, and I do think, you know, there is, you know, I, I just think we have to hold on to whatever, you know, whatever we can to sort of get get through these next few months. But um, yeah, it's just it's just tiring. It's exhausting and it's tiring. Yeah, I think that's where it comes back to that performance. I know we've we've covered the game, but when you see the lads putting a performance in like that and you add it on top of everything else that's going on, you add it on top of VAR, you add it on top of blue cards, and you're like, this is not football, is it? You're just like, this is not what I've signed up for as a, as a football fan, as an Evertonian. It's just it's just boring, isn't it? It is boring. But more, but more good news, it's now 2-1 Liverpool. Oh, I'll get, get in! in. <laughs> you beauties! I hope it was Juan Di Carlo. Right, with me celebrating, celebrating for Liverpool, but you've got to look at the bigger picture, haven't you? This is this is like this is we've hit like a rock of bottoms <laughs> I did not know existed. Okay, like, <laughs> yeah, oh no, this, this is, is we're gonna we're gonna look back this one day and go, you were cheering for who? <laughs> this oh no. is bad. <laughs> it is really bad, but that's what it's come down to, isn't it? Because yeah. you know you've got one eye on them. On other results all the time. It's uh, yeah, it's great. I, I agree with everything you're just saying. I mean, you can tell just by the way you're talking how much you love Everton, but it is it's starting to like you're starting to look for other things to do rather than talk about Everton. That's what I'm trying to like. I find myself doing. You know what I mean? So, but it's always there and it's just festering in a way <laughs> all the time. So you do come back to it. But I mean, you add that now and I don't really want to talk to you. Sorry, go on, Melinda. I was just going to say, like, like, just to sort of, you know, it, on Monday, like, I know we've covered the match and stuff, but just on Monday, if they had given us just 
a decent performance, like we would have been fine with that, you know, like it would have been something positive to at least speak about, but it's just even for me, who is Miss Positive, you know, I do try my best, but it is. Yeah, I, I know a lot of the fans as well that like, you know, um, a lot of Everton fans that do listen to our podcast and they do like, you know, the balance that we have on this pod of being, you know, positive and then there's, well, then there's Paul, but no comment, <laughs> no comment on that. But, um, but uh, you know, and it, Le- you know. She means, she means legend, by the way. You know, okay, let's, let's pushing it. It's just a little bit there, my, my dude, but, um, but it is, it is difficult. And, you know, sometimes you do need to take a step back from all of it. So, you know, just because you take some time away from looking at things to do with Everton or you're not tweeting every single day about it doesn't make you less of a fan, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, you're still an Everton yeah. supporter and sometimes it is fun to take a step back from from it all. I know I have done that before when, you know, things have gotten quite bad with the club and it just feels like there is no hope, but it doesn't make you any less of an Evertonian. So, yeah, just remember that. Yeah, we just need a little bit of hope, don't we? A little bit of good news. Of course we I mean... do. Even if it come out that we got three points back for me now, two even, I'd be like, okay, listen, we know where we go from here now. We've got two points back. Let's get on with the rest of the season. Or even probably say none. Yeah. It's what I mean. Even if we got no points back, but we actually started to see some fucking effort on that pitch, I'd be fine with it. Well, there's a question for you then, Melinda. Something that popped in my head the other day in the ground. Were them players playing like they know they're not getting any points back? Or am I just overthinking it? Hmm, I actually didn't think about that, you know. I didn't, I didn't even think oh, about they, it that they, way. They look like the other way to the world on the shoulders to me, especially, I know Dwight McNeil's yeah. going through a lot at the moment, but he just looked burdened by everything on um, Monday. And James Garner as well, I've never seen him like that. Yeah, I know, they look they look a little bit defeated, don't they, to be fair? Maybe that, that that's just a mad way of thinking, and that's a Paul Brown way of thinking, but maybe. <laughs> I think that's that's the point, in the, the club don't even know what, what what's going to happen with this. Yeah, I mean, and, it's just... It must be frustrating for them as well, you know, like they're... I mean, no one else thinks, obviously, I'm like, we're a massive club because, well, we are, suck it. But, you know, for them, it's just, it's it's not, it must be very, very, very frustrating to be in the position that they're in. Um, you know, the statements that they have come out with, you can sort of read between the lines a little bit and you can see the frustration, the statements that Everton have, you know, come out with. Um, yeah, it's overall, I just think the whole situation is just, it's just so, it's it's really? so, com- it's, it, yeah, and it's complex and I understand you know I have sat there and tried to read through reports for hours and gone this still makes no sense to me whatsoever (laughs) and I'm not for a smart person I'm just like what the hell is going on I just dumb it down for me kind of thing right but and at the end of the day I still think there will be things that we'll never know we're probably never supposed to know even things maybe the club still still don't know obviously about you know decisions that will be made and it's just difficult. I think we've been very, very patient. And this week has felt like a very, very, very long week in terms of, you know, waiting for this news. Yeah, it's just, Riyadh has been being asked now for the third year on the bounce to go to war for this club. It just feel like eventually it will sink. That's just my opinion. It's just, I mean, how many times can you keep fighting? You're going to get knocked out eventually. Um, yeah, it's just it's just very tiring me. But I want to come to you. I know what's your favourite subject, Um Melinda's just mentioned things, things you try to read up on and you just don't understand. It's just gobbledygook <laughs> to me. I mean, fair, fair play to anyone who understands what's going on. But this triple seven uh, looks like they've been knocked back for another month now. I don't just need to pull the plug on this now, don't you? This, this is not right, is it? Something, something stinks here. Yeah, the, the, there's obviously there's things flagging up. Um, there's articles coming out on seven seven and other aspects of the business and stuff that they're getting up to. 
lawsuits and stuff like that, which is probably, you know, causing the setbacks or your lack of failure to to show the funds that you've got enough funds or whatever. The fact is, on until Mashiri can't, until until Mashiri physically can't anymore, he's not gonna pull the plug because he just wants out. He wants out yeah. of heaven, and he, he doesn't care who who takes over. Um, so unless this just can't go ahead, it physically can't, and 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 the Premier League won't let this go ahead. Mashiri's not gonna stop it from going ahead. Um, does. There's a lot of a lot of things going against seven 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 at the minute. Red flag central, isn't it? Just red flags everywhere, like it is. Yeah, it's it's looking quite dodgy. And to me, from what I've seen, no one at the club knows what's going on. Um, you know, it's just it's all up in the air. It's which is it's disheartening, really, because when you first hear about the news, it's a bit like of a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, oh, we're actually, you know, getting new owners. And then obviously it will be the Everton way that they are who they are really. I uh, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's. I reckon it's some kids are sitting in a, sat in a bad a bed sitting Kirby or something. I don't even think they're real. Honestly, yeah. I do. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me to be honest. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I reckon that that fellow who shows up with the cap on is from uh, West Derby. Not even probably. American. Yeah, probably. It's yeah. just uh, it's ridiculous, it's... isn't it? Yeah, everything everything's up in the air. No, like I said, I don't think I get the impression anyway that no one from the club really knows what's going on. Um, yeah, well, that's it. Rudderless, though, isn't it? That that mm-hmm. that's the problem, isn't it? There's, we don't have any leads at the moment, and that's why it feels like the Premier League can basically do whatever they want to Everton because we don't have anybody there to defend us at the moment. Everyone's in interim positions, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't care, does he? So, yeah. Melinda, I don't know it's not some you're on the same page <laughs> as me when it when it comes to triple seven. It's I don't know whether you want to add anything or you'll you're just like, nah, can't be bothered with that. You know, I, I will be honest, I haven't really because there's just been so many like tweets here and there, and they're all saying such conflicting things, and I'm just like, okay, I don't even know what to believe or where to start. Um I think I'm just going to wait till something officially comes from the club, to be honest with you, if, if that ever happens. But um, yeah, it's all very, fair like, enough. just... That, yeah. That's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. It's... People are getting criticised for that because we're, we're sort of in the wait-and-see camp, but I don't think we've got any other choice, have we, really? Yeah, I, I just think, you know, these media sources that are saying, you know, this and that, and I just think you can fill your head with so much guesswork or misinformation and I, I just think okay what's the point I'd rather it just be okay this is what's happening this is done this is the deal let's move forward and I just why get your knickers in a twist over things when that isn't even officially like you know what's what's the situation so yeah yeah definitely I agree so yeah we'll move on from that and we'll we'll finish up with Brighton on Saturday um oh, what a game that was last season I think that's when we were just <laughs> on this podcast I mean <laughs> Me, Jamie, and Melinda had a little sing song before that. It was fantastic. Uh, after that, sorry. Um, yeah. Actually, I do think Everton going there on Saturday, Brighton style of play will suit Everton better because it will be on Brighton to attack Everton and win the game with Everton catch them on the break. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. But Melinda, I will come to you. Have you got your tactics board there ready? You wrote the team down by any chance? Uh, no. I did not, but I can. Okay, if you go to Riyadh first, I can go and get it and then I'll come back. <laughs> 
Okay, so I don't know, Rianne, if you ever listened to any of your previous pods, but um, I seem to have a problem with like counting players. So I will count to 11. (laughs) And I'm like, um, okay, so I've got him there. And then I have to like mentally like I wouldn't love 12 players though. (laughs) It would be nice. You still have have five up front. (laughs) I was the same. I was the same. I used to have like 13 players, I know. So nine goalkeepers. (laughs) I just like yeah. couldn't men- mentally I couldn't do it. I was like, I'm really struggling. So I like write it on a piece of paper, but then Paul got me a tactics board. So I was like, Yeah. That's I that's think, a beautiful thing. I don't even think you'll need the tactics board to be honest with you. I think I, <laughs> I could be wrong here. I think we're all in agreement that all we've got to say, who would we drop out of the midfield three for Onana? I would personally drop James Garner. Oh, I didn't think I'd be saying that a few weeks back. I think it's this Garner guy's playing really well. Yeah, okay. yeah, that that's a tough one actually. Um, and I'll bring Harrison in for Ashley Young, and that 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 is all. Definitely, yeah. Them to it. yeah. Yeah, because I I do I think you're right. I do think Onana, Decore, and then Ganagay. You're saying right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's. Yeah, I think they they sort of jive a little bit better. Unfortunately, I mean, I do think James Garner does offer a lot, but I think now Decore coming back, and I do think he sort of needs that power sort of in strength from Onana. So yeah, I think that's the right the right move. Yeah, this is an argument for dropping McNeil and throwing Harrison out on the left and James Garner on the right. I know a lot of people don't like that, but hmm. is there an argument for I think McNeil's blowing out of his ass me personally. Like yeah, I don't, don't think he looks fit to me. McNeil just McNeil looks overrun, to be honest. He looks just tired, really. The set pieces are, are, are vital though, aren't they? I think that's yeah. why he's in the team and he yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just Deitch. Deitch just have to trust these these sort of players. Um, I'd like to see, to be honest, I'd like to see McNeil start. I, I don't think Garner on the right is the, it's not the best you know, choice if you've got wingers there. If you've got two wingers there, I don't think it's the right move to put. And I, I get your point that, you know, McNeil, he's blown out of his eyes, but I think if you've got two wingers there who can start start them. Um but if like you said with the with James Garner, it, it's hard to disagree really because Onan hundred percent comes into the team without a doubt, but it's just who for now Garner yeah. has been arguably our best player since he's came back from the AFCON. So yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be James Garner really, and it? it's gotta be Garner who's dropped. But yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see McNeil and Harrison on the wings, um, and then that's an unchanged team, really, yeah, apart from two. So that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Not fair enough. Um, yeah, but what I'm about you? Taking, well, I would just. Yeah, I would just. I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I just think McNeil looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders at the moment. But I think he's important yeah. for the way Everton want to play. I'd like to see Dobbin getting a start. I'm like, I can't believe Same. he didn't come on the other day. I, 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 it's just with a bit of pace, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I've, I've even been like, for Patterson playing with Godfrey behind him, just something different out wide, you know what I mean? Um, mm. I don't know, it's an odd one. I just think we just lack a lot of pace, Everton, but I think yeah. we've got a lot. Last, last season, they're going to want revenge for last season as well. But oh, absolutely. I think their style, of play <laughs> will, their style of play will suit a Sean Dyche team, where, as I said before, we're not expected to win. We're supposed to soak up all of the pressure and then break on them as fast as we can. So, 
think it will be a different game to Monday. I hope so anyway. Uh, Fingers crossed. yeah. Obviously, Yeah. we'll come back if, if the news breaks this week or tomorrow or whatever. About the points deduction, we'll jump back on. Um, I just hope it's over. <laughs> I just want yeah. it to be over, It's just the anticipation honestly. of like what's going to happen, I think, is just killing us. It's like, just let, just give us a response. Yes or no, or a partial. What's going on? Like, we I just just need want to to go know. to It's like bed waiting for without the, thinking about it. it's like waiting for a root canal. And it, it, when you when you get a root canal, you're sat in the dentist in the waiting area going, I don't want to do this, please. But then you're like, just get it over and done with. Just do it. I'm, I'm just making stuff up in my head here about what's going to happen. So, Yeah, yeah, it's a shit analogy, like, but that's the only one I can come up with for now. But, uh, yeah, obviously, um, nice one for getting on with us. And as I say, we'll come back later in the week if any news breaks. But, Melinda, Riyadh, up the toffees. that